This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, games people play with a special guest. We get to play with a special guest. Useless fashion information and we'll take you down the garden path with useless information about plants and trees. Plus, we'll open up the mailbag and the headline from news from around the world this week. Suspect takes a bite of a paramedic in the nether region. Totally <laughs> useless information. It's everything oh you never needed to know. Here it is, the end of Season 5, Episode number 20. Step right up here, step right up, folks, don't be shy. Move it! Totally useless information with Nick and Roy present Games People Play. Yeah, can you believe it? The end of Season 5, Roy? Yeah, I, I, I can't believe it, Nick. But I'm thinking about what is the nether region? Is that a place where they are, or is it the nether region yeah, of the, the body? nether region? Is just south of France somewhere. I don't know, but you'll find is out. Is it in Florida? Was it a Florida man? Just let me know right now. So, uh, for, for, first of all, thank you for joining us. And every week we do news from around the world, and it's a headline. And nine times out of ten, it's somebody out of Florida. You'd have to wait and find out. But I'm <laughs> so all the nuts, all the nuts, other than myself, moved to Florida. So we're really thrilled and excited. We once again cleaned up the studio because we have a special guest. And I've known this guest for many, many, many years, since actually the last millennium, I think. That's how long we know each other. Uh, he is Mark Saltzman. He is like a tech guru, evangelist. He, he does everything tech, and we'll give you a little bit of history as to why we have him on the show. But here he is, the one, the only, Mark Saltzman. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Nick and Roy. Congrats on wrapping up season five. Very exciting. Yeah, and next week, we're going to celebrate 100 episodes. Who knew wow. we'd have this much awesome. useless information? I know. I, Nick, enough about us. We got this guy on the show. He's a big <laughs> deal. He wrote a book called The Apple Watch for Dummies. Yeah, I just finished the fifth edition. It's out now. It's called Apple Watch for Dummies 2022 because, as you likely know, like other Apple products, they change it every year so you have to keep on top of it but yeah it's it's a it's a fun um brand to write for wiley is the book publisher you know the yeah. dummies books the yellow yeah. and black well, books there's we, a million nick, of them right nick and i have uh we have the reading for dummies right. <laughs> you have totally useless information for dummies yeah, we do there you know go. what yeah it's an audio book go figure yeah reading for dummies it's an audio book <laughs> That's a good one. So we, we invited uh, Mark on because uh, the segment is uh, games that people play and uh, from game shows to board games. But Mark knows a heck of a lot about games. And why is that, Mark? What did you do? What did you start doing years and years ago? So in the uh, early 90s, oof, I'm uh, dating myself here. I graduated from U of T and I was broke and uh, University of Toronto. And I decided that if I wrote reviews of video games and the companies would send them to me for free instead of me having to pay $70 a game. Oh, so did it work? I contacted all these video game companies and said, hey, I'm gonna write about your games. They sent a couple of them, you know, leap of faith. They sent me some and then they're like, so where's the review? I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, so then I had to approach some <laughs> local newspapers and ask for them to let me review the games. And once I had one published and I sent them the proof, you know, that I actually was reviewing it. And then I got paid and I got to keep the game. I'm like, wow. So that's how I stumbled uh, headfirst into journalism. So yeah, fast forward 27 years later and I'm still doing it. I branched out a bit, not just uh, 
Yeah, so you know a little game, bit about early video games too. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, first couple of my books in the 90s were also about retro games and game design and stuff like that. I've got some useless facts for you from the the golden age of video games. Sure, shoot. Can you name an iconic video game from the 80s that did not require a button at all? Oh. No buttons. No buttons. There's two of them actually. Two big games. Was it a dial? Or no buttons at no all. No buttons at all. It was a it was a joystick. So the answer is Pac-Man. No buttons, right? Think about it. Or Frogger. Oh, yeah. I would accept Frogger. Uh, those are two iconic uh, uh, arcade games, of course, from the early '80s. And then Ms. Pac-Man, even better in my opinion than Pac-Man, but they did not require a button. You know, we talk about the simplicity of games back then. Yeah. A- another yeah, fun yeah. fact is uh, Space Invaders, which came out in the late '70s. You know how when you would uh, fire up towards the aliens and it would get faster as they come down? That's because the computing power couldn't handle, uh, like it was slow because the computing, the processing power was limited. So when you were able to remove some of the the um, uh, aliens from the screen, it was able to speed up. But that was not that was not on purpose at first. Yeah, wow. that is that is a cool. We we actually, I think we had that on the show, right? We did. We did. That was, I know you guys did some gaming stuff recently. Like yeah, we did. But, but cool, here's the thing, though. I think it's I think it's the coolest thing ever. They didn't intend for it to get fast. No, yeah. did you ever and play? The whole game is great because it gets fast. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever play the game, Mark? Space Invader. Yeah. Oh, of course. So, yeah. You know, I grew up playing. Look, I I was uh, you know in the pinball pinball games. Then Pong came out, which was like, wow, electric table tennis. Yeah. This is like yeah, insane. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I had a, you know, I didn't have an Atari or an Intellivision, but all my friends did. But then I got a ColecoVision in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And then then I got into computer gaming after that. But sure, Nintendo and Sega and Xbox and PlayStation. I mean, you know, that's my thing. But now with, you know, uh, doing it for a living, I, I, I like making money. So if I'm going to review a game, I don't want to spend 50 hours reviewing it so i pick and choose which games i review because i just don't have the bandwidth to invest the time that i used to have mm. as you guys can relate yeah absolutely we, yeah we have very little bandwidth you you have us <laughs> pegged right on so i'm gonna I go even play an instrument <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna go game show here for a sec so in the early 1970s bob stewart the creator of the game show the price is right and password approached producer mark goodson with yet another brilliant idea a wordplay guessing game called Cash on the Line. Goodson liked the idea, but he refused Stewart's one demand that Stewart to be added to the Goodson-Todman production game. So Stewart formed his own company in 1973, launched a show which is now called the $10,000 Pyramid. Oh, yeah. The show went on to win nine Emmy Awards, second only to Jeopardy, by the way, and endured several title changes because of inflation, I guess, and many different hosts, including Donny Osmond, if you remember, it was just Pyramid at the time. But Dick Clark made it, uh, put the show on the map, the $10,000 Pyramid. Did you what know that, Mark? What he can't. Yeah, I, you know what? I did not know that. I, I did not know that. That's Ed McMahon, I guess, I mean, not, uh, I know not you, Dick Clark. You wrote, you wrote like three, four books. You're a big shot. I I'm mean, a video gamer know. and gadget guy, but yeah, TV game shows, I wouldn't know as Nick much. Nick and I have not written books. We've written in books. <laughs> That's right. We have. Yeah. And then yeah, returned yeah. them to the library. That's illegal, you know. It is, no, yeah. You get arrested for that, for writing in the books. Exactly. The game Candyland was the center of one of the first internet domain legal suits in history. 
Hasbro sued and successfully won the name Candyland.com from a raunchy porn site that was using <laughs> it before. <laughs> it was called Candyland.com, and when you punched on Candyland.com, you saw a lot more than <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Then yeah, they're always yeah. the first. That industry is always the first to uh, get to embrace new tech. Pardon the yeah, pardon. Nick, and, Nick, uh, you used to go yeah. on that site before Hasbro got it back, correct? Yeah, that's where I learned that uh, candy canes have stripes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't a candy striper in uh, in the hospital volunteer program. No. Uh, you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy with our very special guest, Mark Saltzman. Um, and uh, he's with us, gracing him us with his wonderful gaming knowledge. What else do you have for us, Mark? Mm. Well, you probably know how big the video game industry is, $180 billion a year wow. now, so a huge industry. But we just saw on January 10th that the, the biggest purchase of a video game company in history, so the company's called Take-Two Interactive. They're the folks behind Grand Theft Auto and some other games like Red Dead Redemption. They bought Zynga. They make mobile phone games like Words with Friends and Farmville. $12.7 billion US in both a cash and stock deal. This is huge. Just like, a mere bag of shekels. A big bag of shekels. <laughs> but to put that into perspective, Disney purchased Lucasfilm for $4 billion in 2012, right? That's uh-huh. it, This is three times the cost for a mobile phone. So you could see where games are going. Not that they're becoming any less popular on consoles or on computers or, or in virtual reality. If anything, it's becoming more popular because of the pandemic as a means of escape and entertainment and communication, frankly, but mobile phone gaming is really where, where it's going as well. So to buy Zynga, <laughs> Kazinga with uh, that kind of money, that's a big deal. And you probably know that um, eSports, so this is electronic sports, like so professional uh, gamers that are playing, uh, video gamers that are playing head to head, also huge. League of Legends, the world competition the other, uh, last year actually, had more viewers online than the Super Bowl or NBA Finals. Over 100 million unique viewers tune in to the League of Legends. So these you are know, these are kids basically you, playing video games. You know, me me and Nick, we we actually missed the whole video game thing by a few years. Either that, or we were just on Candyland.com. What did that do? Yeah, so, your forearms were already tired. You didn't have any time. Four yeah, hours. We were, four hours. How, about, how about 20 minutes, Mark? 20 minutes. But never say never. The average age of a game player is 35. Average. Really? Okay. The median age of a gamer is 35. So well, the, thank the, you the for stereotype that. is that you're like that, a 12-year-old. Mark, because yeah, we right. missed that boat, too. <laughs> By a few years, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you might be on the high end of that. but Yeah, yeah lot, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, like on the Social Security high end. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, did I tell you I write for AARP, Roy? Do you? <laughs> I, write, I do. I write yeah. for them. Yeah. The I, do we have guests, Nick? Do we, we have, have guests yeah, but, on this show. But you know, usually, how how many words? Uh, what's your word count? Let's say on an article when you write in in uh, USA Today and other publications. How many words? Yeah, usually eight hundred. Eight hundred words for AARP. Eight hundred to a thousand. 
800 to 1,000 for AARP yeah. because the font is bigger. It's only 400 words. Because <laughs> the font know. is bigger. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're you so go. funny. <laughs> well, thank you. Listen, laugh, and learn. That's our motto here at uh, Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. <laughs> Very light on the learn part. But. Some restrictions apply. That's what we learned, really. Me and Nick me and Nick wrote an article one time. It was six words. Me and Nick wrote an article. <laughs> yeah, we learned that on reading for How many fingers you got, Nick? He's trying yeah. to figure that out. Exactly. Yeah, no, see, yeah. that's really we, we learned that was one of the examples of uh, reading for dummies. Uh, one other fact of, uh, of Pyramid, Billy Crystal owned, holds the record for the shortest time to get to the top of the pyramid. He did it in an amazing 26 seconds in November really? of 1977. And Dallas actor Barry Jenner missed Crystal's record by one second in 1987. It took him 27 seconds where he won $100,000 for his partner in the game. But he was so distraught, he hung himself. No, 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 no. he did not. Listen, I've got a good one. All right. Everybody that's listening right now and all of us have played Monopoly, correct? Of course. Yes. Okay. You know the jail? There's a prisoner behind bars in the little square mm -hmm. with the yeah. jail thing? Yeah. What's his name? I was just going to ask you, like, off the top of my head, does he have a name? He There's has a name. A name. Really? He does have a name. Well, His name is Jake the Jailbird. <laughs> really? I swear. His Parker name Brothers, they're fans the of alliteration. Clearly. Yes. There you go. Jake the Jailbird. Jake the Jailbird. Well, I know what the Monopoly man is. He money bags or something? Is that his name? Yeah, that's right. Something like that. Yeah. Money bags. Yeah. With Jake. the monocle? He's got a monocle, right? Yeah, he does. Wow. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy with our very special guest, Mark Saltzman. Speaking of Candyland <laughs> yes. and Monopoly, yes. no, listen, listen. This just came out in January. This is really cool. It's called the Infinity Game Table from a company called Arcade One Up. This is a flat table that is either uh, 24 inches or better yet, 32 inches that has over 60 built-in board games, digital board games. So mm -hmm. Monopoly, Battleship, Candyland, Life, Scrabble, Connect Four, Sorry, and so on. And you play with your fingertips and there's like haptic feedback, so it vibrates slightly, but you're never gonna lose a pewter piece from Monopoly again. You're not gonna step on a battleship and curse. Right. Uh, you, no one's gonna try to steal money from the Monopoly uh, bank. Um, so really fun and you can download new games to it. So it's available now, it's uh, $6.99 US for the smaller one, $8.99 for the larger one. You can, down, as I mentioned, download other games. Um, and if you want to remove the legs of the table, you can put it on an existing coffee table or a coffee table. It's a lot of fun. Up to five, six people can uh, sit around this thing and play. And you can also play over the Internet against others somewhere so, else in the world. So I could remove the legs, put it on my lap and yep. watch Candyland no, and play with my fingertips. The, that's all yeah, I got out yeah, of that, Mark. Right, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Yeah, he, he filters everything, right? Yeah. Yep, and, yep. He, and he's still looking for the button. Pac-Man. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Pac-Man, the highest, the someone, only one person scored a perfect score. You can't score mm -hmm. any higher than this on Pac-Man. 3,333,360 is the highest score you could wow. ever get on Pac-Man, and he did it. Oh, so there was I think a, only a recently. Shotgun. I think I think it was like fairly recent. Like yeah. it wasn't in the eighties. No, it was it was quite recently. Yeah, actually, if I remember, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's because in the eighties we had Jobs. <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs, <laughs> and he Steve was inventing Apple. Going back to watch watch how we all 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 pull the thread here together. 
where you can uh, pick up a copy of Apple Watch for Dummies by Mark Oh, Zonsman. you're she such a pro, it. Nick. What do you think the longest game of Monopoly was? How long did the longest game of Monopoly last? I'll say three days, two days, but you got to sleep. Like, is this like, like without sleeping? Well, this is because you can go to sleep and continue on. Yes. This is one of the questions I had and it didn't have, I I was even more critical. I said, bath break, shower, clothing changes, you know, I mean, you you had to go to to a bathroom break, right? I mean, was that included? I'm sure that's included. But anyway, I say three days, three days. The Guinness world book of records is 70 days. Oh, so that's obviously with well, lots of breaks is there that's a long game prop- though i mean these have got to be some slow people i mean did they not buy up the property in the first few days were there like towers on these properties did they go from the little house to the big house to like yeah you know they went to the big house to see jake the jailbird Do you know what the most expensive <laughs> most expensive monopoly game ever made was by parker brothers it was made for a chic or shake whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I like shakes. I like chocolate shakes. But yeah. but anyway, this was $2 million. It was made using gold, rubies, sapphires, and diamonds. And I tell you, real steel on those bars, those jail bars. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, can you imagine, though, a $2 million? You got to have a lot of money to go, you know, I always wanted a $2 million Monopoly game. Yeah, I thought my $100 Scrabble set was fancy. Is that you the paid hundred dollars for Scrabble it, set? It, it was gifted to me. It would, it's on like a lazy Susan kind of thing. You spin it around, but yeah. it's a, like a giant Scrabble board. Does this guy know we're not paying him, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're paying him in Monopoly money, which, by the way, more Monopoly money is printed than any other currency in the world. Wow. Maybe wow. not anymore with that digital version. Exactly. Uh, or Joe Biden. But or, <laughs> there we go. Mark? All right. One more fun fact from yesteryear. Atari's co-founder is Nolan Bushnell. He's still in this space today, as is his son, by the way. And uh, he also helped to create Pong by giving Alan Alcorn, an employee who worked for him, the assignment to create uh, electronic table tennis that we talked about earlier. And he also helped as well. But you might not know that Nolan Bushnell also created Chuck E. Cheese Pizza Time Theater. So he uh, founded this, uh, this, of course, family-friendly restaurant really as a means to get his arcade uh, cabinets in, in more family-friendly places because back then arcades were a bit seedy and, uh, you know, it wasn't really for, for little kids. So he also, by the way, Nick and Roy, had the idea of tokens, genius, because he knew you could only spend the, the Chuck E. Cheese tokens at Chuck E. Cheese. The kids inevitably would be told they have to go home before they can spend it all. So they would put them, on a, put them in a little pile on the on their dresser or whatever in their bedroom as a reminder to say, mom and dad, please take me back to Chuck E. Cheese. It's genius to have this proprietary currency to play video games. That was also Nolan Bushnell's idea. Yeah, the big mouse dances around. The kids get to play Grand Theft Auto and pick up hookers, crash cars, and shoot people. And then they go on Candyland.com. Well, Mark, we can't thank you enough. Like, like we've had guests on before with expertise. By far, this to me is the most fun because oh, we're talking about you. games here and, and video games and everyone can relate. It's gen- a generational thing because like you said, video games have been around for a long, long time and the average age, what did you say, was 35? 35 right now. 35 yeah. and most of our audience can actually relate either they played it for the first time or maybe they're going to go out and play some of these fun games because they are a lot of fun as you are. Tell us where we can find you, Mark. 
Yeah, thanks again. Uh, so I'm on social media. I write a tech tip of the day. If anybody needs a little bit of help in understanding their tech, I try to break down geek speak into street speak. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's Mark Saltzman, M-A-R-C-S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N, or for the Canadian listeners, S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N. Mm -hmm. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And I link to my articles, I link to podcasts, uh, videos that I that I produce, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Giveaways, so anything, anything like that. Nick is so weird. He goes, Mark, where are you? Nick, he's in the little box right below us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Mark. We really appreciate it. Thanks, we'll, guys. We'll we'll congrats like again on wrapping up a new season. All the best. Great Likewise, Roy. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Down the garden path with Nick and Roy. Boy, after that game playing, I'd like to just go relax in the garden. She sounds like she's smoking some of that no. marijuana that you're legal, legally allowed to do in Canada. First of all, you don't know that she's Canadian, number one. Number two, um, she doesn't do any of that stuff. As far no? As no. Well, how would you know? <laughs> you don't even know if she's Canadian. <laughs> That's right. We just, we just, uh, yeah, hey, could you read this? Um, she does a great job, actually. Uh, He's a so good reader. Did you ever, uh, yeah, she, because she uh, read uh, Reading for Dummies, I think. <laughs> yeah, she read it to us. She read it to us as a bedtime story, Reading for Dummies. I thought it was hilarious. Reading for Dummies, that it's an audio book. <laughs> That's funny. Use that line. All right, not up. Did you ever uh, carve your name in a tree? Did you ever do that? Yes, okay. I actually did in, in the Adirondack Mountains in New well, York. Well, the notch on the tree will remain the same distance from the ground as the tree grows. Oh, it doesn't go up? It doesn't go up. So wherever you notched your name there, if you go back to that tree in the Adirondack Mountains. Oh, that's right, because the inside moves, not the bark. That's right, exactly. That's right. So when yes. you carve your name in a tree, it'll remain the same distance from the ground as the tree grows. Cool. See, folks, you're this learning. This is great. Yeah. Turtles, they live a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and not to, like... You know, folks, we don't discuss what we're going to talk about, so this is really great. The longest living organism on Earth by far is the tree. Wow. Okay. <laughs> really? Wait, I did not know you were going to talk about trees. Neither. Okay, good. Wait, if trees could talk, they'd say, just leave me alone. <laughs> leave, leave me alone, yeah. Wow, you're barking up the wrong tree. Um, the garden, if you have a garden, it's your happy place. Many studies have found that gardening will help boost your mood. Yeah, because you're growing that marijuana. No, we're not. No, no, no. <laughs> because you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy while you're gardening. See how it boosts your mood. Ah, Even if one. you're not the biggest fan of gardening, spending some time tending to your plants can help brain produce serotonin, which is the happy chemical in our bodies. I thought I dated her in high school, serotonin. <laughs> serotonin. You did. Yeah. Yeah, she was a real, yeah, she was. Uh, certain bacteria strains in garden soil will also contribute to serotonin production. So it's oh, really, cool. really cool. So it's chemically and physically just make, and it feels good to be in the garden. Now, speaking of garden plant plants and things like that, peanuts mm -hmm. are not nuts at all. No, it's in their name. Yeah. How could it not be? They're legumes. Or legumes. Or beans. Mm. Or okay. legumes. 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 Yeah, um, you say legum, I say legumes, whatever. They're like beans. <laughs> They're like beans. 
they're like lentils, yeah. you know, beans and yeah. lentils. Uh-huh. They they have more protein and more niacin and folate than nuts. I love peanuts, and 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 buy I buy them like massive bags of peanuts. I buy down here because Georgia is all peanuts and everything. You know? Oh yeah, and you can get them salted or non-salted, whatever. I I buy so many peanuts, I give them away because I love when people eat my nuts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> give me, give me some peanuts and cracker jack. Yeah, you. you what was the pause there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you. It was somebody ordering. Um, you take online orders. Okay, so uh, I'm going to uh, tell Candy, you. A, Candyland.com. <laughs> That's right. I, what isn't that something though that that something like that was so pornographic? And that was like brought to you by Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, has been. Uh, all right, here's some tree jokes. What yes. kind of tree can you hold in your hand? A palm what? tree. Palm tree. There you go. Uh, how do trees go to the internet? They log on. <laughs> Why do trees hate riddles? Why? Because they always get stumped. <laughs> and one more, another tree joke. If anybody joke. uses these, I'm going to be very upset with our listeners. Why are trees good at algebra? Why? Because they can always find the root of the equation. (laughs) (laughs) You should have stopped at the first one. No, no, there's more coming. Don't worry. The hottest pepper in the world, Nick. Yes. According to the Guinness World Book of Records, which I have uh, put down to an acronym. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Is the Buhat Jolkobi. Mm-hmm. It is 401.5 times hotter than Tabasco sauce. How do they figure that out? 400 times. What was 300 times hotter? That's about as hot as Heidi Klum in a skimpy bikini. <laughs> <laughs> On that Can you note. imagine 400 times hotter than Tabasco sauce? Tabasco sauce is relatively hot, but 400 times, that's like... That's literally sweat, burn your mouth, drink some milk type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Even even your hair sweats. Yes. Here's some more plant jokes. Okay. Here's some plant jokes. Those are tree jokes. These, these are plant jokes. Okay? I sweat one time watching Candyland. No. But- <laughs> <laughs> what did the baby corn say to the mother corn? What? Where's popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what state they lived in. What kind of vegetable do you get when an elephant walks through your garden? What? Squash. <laughs> and one, where do vegetables go to get a few drinks? Where? The salad bar. And finally, <laughs> what do you call a jungle where the animals talk about current events? Candy land. No. <laughs> no, a topical forest. <laughs> Listen, laugh, and learn. Oh, my God. When you cut an onion, yeah. you cry. Yeah. Not because you're a wussy, Nick, but, or because yeah. you're looking in the mirror. No. No, wow. it's because the onion sucks sulfur out of the soil. That sulfur becomes airborne when you cut it, and you cry. So, to all the listeners, you're going to listen, laugh, and learn today. So now you're going to learn something cool. Chill your onions. Keep them in the fridge. Then when they come out, peel the onion and salt it. Salt the onion. Oh. Then cut it, but always cut it with the root end being the last place. 
because the root end has most of the sulfur that's going to make you cry. Let so. me, that was amazing. That wasn't useless. That was useful. We don't really hear that song. Bert. No, we don't. I had to dust it <laughs> off. I started crying because I had to use it again. As you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. That's pretty cool. I've, I've heard of, um, of you freezing your onions. So yeah, speak. yeah. When I went to Canada, yeah, he did. Florida weather. No, I've heard of I putting froze my put, onions off. I, I've heard of yeah. putting the onion in the freezer, but I didn't know about. Well, I, you know, I brought you, uh, I brought you up a big bag of nuts. So yeah, legumes. Put them outside, let them freeze. You freeze your nuts. You've heard of the expression <laughs> "ants in your pants." How about ants on your pants? In 1964, presidential runner Barry Goldwater sparked a national fad. Hmm. Because in 1947, he came up with anti pants, which is men's underwear covered with red ants. He came and up with that just, design. They're just pictures. They're actually not actual. They're not pants. actual ants. No, 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 no. So these are ants on your pants. I'll be honest with you. It's 2022. I mean, I, it's a different world, Nick. So it could have been uncles on your underwear too. It just it doesn't. It's no, okay. Not, no, not ants. Yeah, or crickets. You know, it's a different world. You know, it's okay too. It's, it's all right. We don't judge. What? <laughs> it's so screwed up when you're searching for a word in Jim. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. White was the color of morning, not morning in the daytime. Oh. <laughs> morning meaning someone died. You wore white? Now that's odd. Yeah. This is years ago, like, you know, in the 1600s and so on. Yeah. They didn't wear black to funerals. They wore white to funerals. Well, the first person to wear a white wedding dress was Queen Victoria. And after she wore it, people were shocked. But they said, this is cool because white also meant purity. And so it caught on and white became the wedding dress. Pure. Pretty cool. Right? Very good. You Pretty know, if you have a special occasion, Nick, people can go to nickandroy.com and they can send one of our birthday cards or cards. They're fantastic, folks. You got to go to our website and uh, listen to it. We do a whole thing like our show, and you can go to nickandroy.com. And you can get all the, the information on how to get Actually, one even better. Nickandroy.com slash birthdays. It'll give you all the information. It doesn't cost that much because we were really not worth that much, he and Roy and I. But, it's okay. <laughs> but are you kidding me? We're famous. That's right. We are. And we are um, we have the ability to grab all kinds of useless information about the day that that person was born, that special person. We talk about all kinds. I of mean, really, stuff. we have the ability to grab a lot more than that. That's but right. we're not going to yeah. discuss that. Either. That's right. Not because according to the law but nickandroy.com slash birthdays hey this wasn't just for disco in the medieval and renaissance europe times it was common for the, the nobility to wear tall platform shoes Ooh. called chopines i think it's called uh, how you pronounce it it protects their clothes from getting dirty from the dirty streets wow the taller the uh, shoe the higher the wearer's status so they could be as tall as 20 inches and where was this? In medieval and Renaissance Europe. Wow. I know that the Chinese did that, too. The Chinese wore those wooden shoes so that they could protect their beautiful silk garments. Same huh. reason. There you go. See? 
pretty cool. Well, he has a fashion one I think that people are going to like. Yeah. And I don't know if you'll know this, Nick, because you are you are like a, a fashion. You're not a fashion Easter. You're a fashion disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Christian Louboutin. Do you know who he is? I've heard of the name. Why? Louboutin are the shoes. Right. That women really would all love to buy, but yeah. they're thousands of dollars. I mean, some shoes are $5,000. They all have red bottoms on them. The shoes literally are red on the bottom, and that's his trademark. But did you know this, ladies that are listening that want his shoes? A while ago, he did it for a few years. He painted the bottoms of his white wedding shoes blue so that a woman who is getting married could have something blue, uh, blue, something borrowed, something blue. Wow, what a great idea. Something new, right. And he did it. He canceled it after a while, but he did do it because he had some problem with a copyright infringement. Somebody else was using it. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but he did do that. Louboutin. Yes. High foreheads, which I'm really familiar with, were all the rage in the Elizabethan times. Women would pluck their hairlines back an inch or more to get the biggest forehead they could. Holy mackerel. So it was kind of keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. So, oh, yeah. That's kind of drastic, though. It it is. So if you look at some of the pictures from the the Elizabethan times, you'll see that the women's foreheads kept going up and up and up, and that's the reason why. Wow. Coco Chanel. Yes. That's a really cool name. Coco Chanel. Yeah. Was a very poor young girl. Not only was she poor, when she was age 12, her family died and she was orphaned. So here's this poor orphan girl. She didn't let that stop her from becoming one of the most famous fashion designers of all times. And think about it. Chanel perfumes. The Little Black Dress, Coco Chanel. Ah. Okay, and so much more, including jewelry. Chanel jewelry is the rage right now. I mean, it's amazing. So just amazing what a a girl who was um, very poor and then orphaned at the age of 12 could become one of the greatest fashion designers of all time. And she was quite attractive, which is why they called her Hot Coco Chanel. (laughs) (laughs) If she was in Florida, she'd be called Hot Hot Coco. Coco. There you go. Uh, is it bulletproof? It was hard to avoid the influence of war in the 1940s, of course, and military-sounding terminology crept into the underwear fashion lingo. The bullet bra or torpedo bra. Right. Promised women, quote, maximum projection for their bosoms. Not protection, projection for yeah. their bosoms. The bullet wow. bra. Yeah, didn't Madonna wear one of them? Like a a, a bit, like hers was like, you know, it looked like... um, Soldiers' helmets. It looked like you could hang clothing off of them. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You're listening to Totally Use This Information with Nick and Roy. You can go to our website, as we mentioned, nickandroy.com. You can send us an email, go to contact us, and you can be just as famous as we are. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? All right. We're doing the mailbag. Mm-hmm. So I went through some of the mail, and we're getting some strange folk. 
You certainly are. But thanks for sending your pictures. We do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we do. Just yeah. remember, you will not get any in return, but <laughs> even though you request, but yeah. that's okay. Hal from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's where Dolly Land is, I believe. You know, the theme park, Dolly Land or Dolly World? Pigeon Forge? Mm hmm. Pigeon okay. Forge, Tennessee. I love Tennessee, Hal. He writes, you guys crack me up. I love your humor, and I have learned so much from your show. Have you guys ever been to Tennessee? I haven't. Have you? You haven't been to Tennessee? No. Oh, my God. You got to go to Tennessee. I, I don't have to even say that. Tennessee is like one of the most popular destinations right now. Okay. Nashville is fantastic. Pigeon Forge is amazing. The Smoky Mountains, insane. Tennessee is really on fire right now. I think it's uh, Texas, Florida, and Tennessee are the three hottest places to move to in the United States. If you haven't been to Tennessee, go, go, go. You will have a great time. Even if you don't love country music, you'll love Nashville. I'll tell you that. Sounds like so, Hal, thank you for writing in. We appreciate you listening to and to your whole family because Hal wrote on about his family listens as well. So thank you so much, and and um, we look forward to getting Nick down there for a little country music. Yeah, and some uh, in barbecue? a free in a free state. <laughs> is that barbecue down there, or is that Kansas City? Is that barbecue? No, listen no? to me. The best, the best, best, best brisket ribs. It's just it's all about the smoke. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Nashville, I could go on and on. It's fantastic. Brought to you by the the uh, the, the tourism yeah. the Nashville Chamber of Commerce and the Tourism Department. Lisa from Staten Island writes, "Dear Nick and Roy, thank you very much for supplying me with all of your useless facts and humor. I am a mom of four kids, and as much as I love them, sometimes I need to escape, so I turn on <laughs> you guys. Okay, I'm glad." Lisa, you do turn us on, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> no, she turns us on. Wait, what? I remember the commercial for Calgon baths and salts, bath salts, right? Mm -hmm. There are days where I need a calming bath. Well, Lisa, I did look it up. The slogan, for those of you who might remember a little bit of uh, television uh, advertising history, Calgon, take me away. Mm -hmm. Became the catchphrase for stressed out people everywhere during this advertising blitz for bath products in the 1970s and 1980s. The Nick said bath salts. Isn't that the stuff that makes you eat people's faces off? No, it's like a drug? no, no, it's not that kind of thing. This is a, <laughs> this is a nice, warm, relaxing Calgon bath. And the commercials ah. featured these haggard moms, I guess, just hey, like you don't know Lisa well enough to talk about her in a bath, Nick. No, but she says that I need sometimes I need to escape. Oh, so I turn you guys on, yeah? So okay. you placed her into a bath with no clothing on. I think it's just, I think you went a little far, Nick. No, 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 no. Commercials <laughs> for Calgon featured haggard moms escaping to soothing bubble baths that seemed to mm -hmm. resonate with anyone who ever had a bad day. And by you the way. You don't know her and you call her a hag? No, haggard moms. <laughs> yeah, they were, she was eating haggis while she was in the bath. Lisa, we really appreciate your email. <laughs> we do. We, I do, anyway. Um, the name Calgon, by the way, was derived from the phrase calcium gone. Ooh. Calgon. There you go. See, See, now you got my attention. 
kid go. Listen, they Lee say he takes like a really long way around, but eventually he gets to something good. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, laugh and learn. Well, today on the show we had a lot of fun, uh, but we still have more to do. In fact, because you're listening to totally. Why do you have a, a, a mask, snorkel, and flippers on? Are you thinking about going in the bathtub, Dick? You're listening to totally <laughs> useless information with Nick and Roy. Now for something completely useless. The name of the Lone Ranger's horse is Silver. Tonto. No, no. Oh, the horse. The, the horse. Yeah. yeah. Tonto. If you Tonto, that would have been interesting. Yeah, that's back to candy <laughs> And of course it's okay. It but is. go ahead. <laughs> that's right. It's fine. The name of the Lone Ranger's horse, of course, is Silver, because hi ho silver. Tonto, right. his his companion, his uh, his friend, his horse's name is Scout. Scout. That's right. right. So when the Lone Ranger shouted "Hi ho, Silver!" Silver away. Actually, "Hi ho, Silver!" Away. That's why I would never be the Lone Ranger in one of those radio dramas, right? "Hi ho, Silver!" Away. He said, "Get him up, Scout." That's English. Get it up, Scout. Get him up, Scout. We talking about Lisa again? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Poor Candyland. <laughs> Tonto would mumble, get him up, Scout. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. See, now you know. Useless fact. I, I think that was cool. That was a cool time. Yeah. There was also a guy named Tom Mix. For those of you who don't know who Tom Mix is, go to, like, YouTube and look up Tom Mix, even though I don't like YouTube, but whatever. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, mm -hmm. the famous American author. Yes. In fact, one of the most famous, I mean, you have Hemingway and you have Poe and, you know, he's a psycho, though. The guy was a, a, a morphine addict and a, oh. and a cocaine addict. Oh. Okay. But here's where the psycho starts coming in. He married a 13-year-old. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. He married a 13-year-old. Okay. And even, it gets worse. It was his cousin. Oh, no. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Edgar Allan Poe, sicko. Yeah. That rhymes. Yeah. I write poetry, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the uh, the book that was never published was uh, Friday, She'll Be 13. <laughs> <laughs> On the show today, we talked about gaming, and we had our very special guest, Mark Salzman. Thank you very much for, for joining us and sharing hey, your game knowledge. We talked about fashion. We also talked a little bit about gardening. It's time for the news. Oh, no. From around the corner and around the world. This is TUI News. A 63-year-old woman has been accused of biting a paramedic's groin and <sighs> trying to swipe a deputy's taser. Feel the pain just thinking about during it. During a chaotic arrest in South Carolina. So it's she not Florida, fighting. but close. She was fighting for his taser? No, she she bit the paramedic's groin and she tried to swipe the deputy's taser during a, a, a they say a chaotic Ooh. arrest. So it wasn't shocking enough that he bit her. He, she bit him in the privates. She wanted to shock him for real. The bizarre ordeal unfolded when the sheriff's deputies were taking Gina Darlene McGee. That's not all that unfolded. But <laughs> he, he took her into custody. At the Charleston County Jail in December. What'd she do? What'd she do, Nick? She had earlier showed up at the jail and dumped her nephew there after accusing him of looking up inappropriate images on her cell phone. At Candyland.com. Probably. 
Deputies issued a warrant for McGee's arrest after she repeatedly refused to get to come get the boy, declaring, I'm not going back there. He's your problem now. Okay. So McGee, and you're asking, well, what, why, why did they arrest her? Well, she is the boy's legal guardian mm-hmm. and eventually returned to the jail after the warrant was issued and became loud and boisterous when deputies tried to cut her off. She allegedly tried to grab a deputy's taser, as we said, during a struggle, which is why... Maybe it wasn't the taser she was going for. Maybe she was grabbing for his junk. I don't know. I don't know what I'm grabbing. Well, she says, quote, I don't know what I'm grabbing, but I'm going to use it. (laughs) So she would use his junk against him. That's right. Like a nightstick. When she was eventually restrained and put in the squad car, authorities said McGee... Who the hell would have the the you-know-whats to restrain her? She's a groin-biting you-know-what. Criminal. Well, she started to hold her breath to make herself pass out. Oh, my God. This one's not joking. And when they got closer, she bit him? No. She bit him in the nipple or something? Allegedly, she leaned over and bit one of the paramedics who had been Uh. called in to assist on the groin the guy the guy was only trying to help her she's trying to make herself pass out right and she, maybe she thought it, it was like a life-saving tube that she could breathe on or something get some oxygen from. right because she was about to pass out now this is <laughs> this part of the story i don't understand it wasn't no. immediately clear if the paramedic was male this or... is the part of the story you don't understand okay <laughs> You're a very understanding person, Nick. Go on, please. (laughs) It's not immediately clear if the paramedic was male or female. Oh, right. So McGee has since been hit with a slew of charges, including third-degree assault with battery, unlawful conduct towards a child, and assaulting a police officer while resisting arrest. What about the uh, EMT? Doesn't say anything on the police condi- officer. All she did was juggle his taser in his pants a few times. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this poor EMT got the you know what bit out of his groin. Well, we're not sure he or she, but nonetheless, she was arrested. Uh, and uh, I think it's more a he. I'm I'm placing it as a he. I don't think she'd bite a she. Probably not, because if you get if you bite a female in the groin, yeah, it's not as yeah. exciting. She was going for the peanuts. She was or legumes. That's all the no time. We, that's all the time that it's we like have. Like legume of my, you know what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you very much for joining us. We are at the end of season five. We're really excited to announce that next week we will be celebrating 100 episodes of totally yeah. useless information with Nick and Roy. Thank you all for all of your support, all of your comments, all of your emails, of course. And we will continue in season six really, really soon. But we want to thank you because we will continue to uh, scour the Internet and other sources to get as much useless information for you guys. And we truly do appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much. Go to our website and look at all the cool stuff that we're doing on there. And as always, thanks again for the hundred shows. It's all up. It's all because of you guys. And please, like always, share us on Facebook. Tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.